With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch some baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottom and cans turn blue when your beer is cold and that way you know it's time to chill hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Welcome to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar, along with Sam Ekstrom, as always, we're presented by Scout Logistics and Symbol, your stock market for sports. At the end of the show, keep your ear out. We're going to have a little Symbol market report for you guys at the end. Sam, you are back. What is up, man? Hey, man. Uh, good to be back. Thanks to intern Paul for filling in while I was away. That was clutch on intern Paul's part. Um, had a child. While I was gone. I don't know. Were, were you aware of that? Did you know that's why I left? I had I, I had um, child number two, Remy Ekstrom, and uh, he is perfect and he's also a handful. So that's where we're at. Um, I, I'm not sure if this is a dream or if this is like actually happening. That's kind of the state that you live in when you are sleep deprived. So here we are. <laughs> That's funny. You are uh, second guest in a row to have recently had a child. Uh, our friend Jeremiah Searles did as well. And Jeremiah was so sleep deprived. He didn't know if it was 17 or 18 games that we're playing this year. So that's that's kind of the point where uh, he is at. But congratulations and welcome Remy to draft season. Uh, he dropped in right at, you know, as we're getting uh, into the busiest part of the year, which is exciting for him. Have you taught him to draft sim yet? Yeah, he um he whispered to me like like right out of the womb. He said, "Gotta go with Derisaw. Get a tackle. Derisaw in the first Kirk round. Can't throw while he's on his back. <laughs> Man, you're just a baby. How do you know that? Uh, so anyway, well, that's um, congratulations to you. Very excited for you. I did not break the news on the show. I just figured if you wanted to bring it up, then you could bring it up. But I said that. Paul was in for a positive life event for you, that that's why you were off. So it's good to differentiate that from the negative life events. You never want to be <laughs> gone for one of those. I also wouldn't want Remy to run across this podcast eight years from now and hear me complaining about you not doing the show because he was being born. So anyway, all right. Uh, I want to begin with your 
reaction to what I wrote. Okay. So I wrote for the website, purpleinsider.substack.com, if you have not checked it out. And uh, that article is open for everybody if you want to go read it about how I've just gotten to a breaking point on Kirk Cousins and Mac Jones comparisons because Mac Jones is a better athlete than Kirk Cousins. He is a better prospect than Kirk Cousins was. They aren't really all that comparable outside of their height and the fact that they aren't running quarterbacks. And if Mac Jones becomes Kirk Cousins, that will be a phenomenal outcome for whoever drafts him. And yet it's being painted as, yeah, well, you don't want to draft Kirk Cousins with the third overall pick. Now, look, I would draft Justin Fields myself. I think that he will be a better quarterback than Mac Jones. But we also thought that Josh Rosen would be great or that Jameis Winston was generational or that lots of other things. So who knows when it comes to this? And that's another frustrating part is that people seem so confident that Mac Jones will just not be good because he's, quote, like Kirk Cousins. Um, Kirk Cousins has the sixth highest quarterback rating of anyone in the NFL since 2015. If you have a quarterback on a rookie contract who does that, you have hit a home run with your draft pick and you have a great chance to build a roster that can win a Super Bowl. So I've just, I just lost it yesterday, Sam. I had heard it so many times that I ended up getting kind of frustrated and having to write about it. Well, if you forecast Kurt Cousins as a fourth round pick and tell people, all right, 10 years into his career, he's going to be entering like year seven as a starter. Um, He's got a a 26 touchdown, six interception season, a 35 and 15 or 35 and 13, whatever he was last year. Um, I mean, people would be pretty excited about that. So uh, you're right. Like equaling Kirk Cousins career would be like a positive development, especially for Mac Jones, who I, I think came into the 2020 season as, I don't know, second, third I mean, if things go the wrong way, maybe a fourth round prospect. I don't think he was going to go number three um, when the 2020 season began, obviously surrounded by a ton of weapons. And and I I liked watching him every time I saw him. Um, But his college resume is just considerably better than Kirk Cousins, too. I mean, 41 and four last year. Kirk Cousins was like a 25 and 10 guy at Michigan State. That's why he was a fourth round pick. So it, it's pretty easy, I think, to compare sort of the immobile statuesque quarterback and then compare the mobile quarterbacks to each other as well. I mean, that that's you fall into that trap probably even more frequently, but they're different players. And I would say that Mac Jones probably has a little better arm strength than Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins probably has qualities that are better than Mac Jones too. But yeah, I'm, I'm not willing. I, I like that you're kind of taking a stand on this, Matthew, because – Um, someone's got to like, just speak up and say, let him be his own person. I mean, I, uh, I guess I'm willing to entertain the Ben Roethlisberger comparison a little more than Kirk Cousins. I don't think Kirk is, is all that accurate to be honest with you. Well, I think that what's, uh, it's just frustrating to me because that they're both being wronged by this. (laughs) Like, like Mac Jones is a much better athlete on paper than Kirk Cousins is. The relative athletic score has Mac Jones as a 72nd percentile athlete and Kirk Cousins as 40th percentile. Like you mentioned, there are reasons why Kirk Cousins was drafted in the fourth round. And it's the fact that he's not that athletic is a big part of it. You, I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find.
find starting quarterbacks who are good in the league, who are lower than 40% when it comes to their athleticism. Usually those guys become backups. And when Kirk was coming out, that's what he was talked about as like, yeah, this guy could be the best backup you'll ever have. And uh, he has so far outperformed his draft status and expectation. But the other part of it too, that's unfair to cousins is that if you drafted a quarterback in the top three and they had his career so far, you would be calling that a hit. You would have given the guy a second contract. You would have been proud of that draft pick. And on his rookie contract, you probably would have had a good chance to win. Kirk has actually never really been on a rookie contract except for 2015 when he was a starter. And then he was franchise tagged and then he was franchise tagged again. And then he was signed to a huge contract. So I'm not saying he's been like victimized in any way by that, but nobody ever had that with cousins because it took so long to develop. And with Jones, you're talking about somebody who is a better athlete played in far better circumstances when he was in college produced far better numbers when he was in college. I mean, there's just it, it, like, you're not really making this one match up too much to me aside from saying that the guy's ceiling isn't that high. But again, if you draft someone at three who ends up being cousins, that's a pretty high ceiling. I mean, that's not a hall of fame ceiling. That's not your Patrick Mahomes, but I, I mean, I even think when we're analyzing these other guys, it's like, wait, do you think that, you know, three or four of these other quarterbacks are going to be consistently top 10, top 12? Like some of these guys won't work out. Some of them will. And it just feels like the most shallow possible analysis is just to say, yeah, you know, that expensive quarterback who's not athletic, who hasn't won a Super Bowl, he'll be like him. And it's funny that Garoppolo and Jared Goff are not being used as comparisons because they took their teams to the Super Bowl, even though both are better athletes on paper than Cousins, more similar to Mac Jones, and both play a similar style game in a similar style you know, play action type of offense, but it doesn't really fit the narrative of people who are using Kirk to sell Justin Fields. It's almost not even fair to Justin Fields to, to, to be doing this. Like you can like Justin Fields better. You could talk about how that, that Justin Fields is being analyzed differently because of his race. You could do all of that without involving Kirk. Like Kirk is the wrong guy to say, oh man, he just, you know, was overrated because he was white. Well, that's certainly true for some guys, but he was a fourth round pick. Like he had to go through the long way to even get there. He's the wrong guy to use in so many ways. So there you go. There, there's the rant. Yeah, no, I, I totally appreciate it. And um, first, I want to point out that seven minutes in to my first show back, and I've already had like a new father brain moment when I compared um, Jones to Roethlisberger. That's Kyle Trask. That let, let me just get that out there. That's who I was thinking of. Um, secondly, I find it interesting, too, that the Cousins comparisons abound when reportedly Kyle Shanahan is flirting with, you know, taking this guy, Mac Jones, I guess Kyle Shanahan can't get enough of cousins or cousins like quarterbacks. Like, is that also contributing to this comparison because he's someone who fits into that system? Um, because we've heard for what, two years now that Kyle Shanahan is interested in Kirk cousins. He's enamored by him. He's going to trade for him. He'll do anything to get him. Oh, he can't have Kirk. Okay. He's going to trade the farm, move up and get his clone allegedly with the third overall pick. Um, maybe you've talked about this while I was gone. Do you buy that at all? That like the 49ers are just transparently going after Mac Jones, number three? Because I don't for a second. No, no, I, I don't either. I don't either. And 
I don't know why they would be smoke screening necessarily, but I also don't exactly trust any sources when it comes to draft time. I think that uh, every team is out there trying to feed information to point people in the wrong direction who are searching for it. And we always find out on draft night just how wrong all the reports were. But draft night is so exciting that we don't care. Like whoever goes back and is like, wait a minute. There was a report by this guy that said this team like this guy. And that was, we never do that. The players are drafted. We move on. We don't cross check how accurate everybody's sources were. Uh, there is uh, one website that cross checks mock drafts, but I mean, whatever. I mean, who's getting all mock drafts, right? I don't know, but it's just funny how there is no accountability in reporting when it comes to draft season. All the rest of the year there is where if you report something that goes completely wrong, that is on you. And yet during draft season, if you report something that's completely wrong, it's like, well, hey, whatever, just forget about it. Probably bad sources. Who cares? But no, I, I don't buy that because I think that uh, a rewatching of Justin Fields, there is a case that Justin Fields is actually better than Trevor Lawrence when you watch him back. I mean, that's what JT O'Sullivan said on the PFF forecast, and he does the QB school and a lot of film analysis. I mean, he thinks that he's a little bit better or just as good. And uh, our buddy Derek Klassen, who works for Football Outsiders and Roto World or whatever Roto World is now, NBC Edge. Um, but uh, he also has Justin Fields equal with Trevor Lawrence. So I think that they'll watch... Justin Fields and they'll see a better prospect than Mac Jones and they'll take him. And this whole thing about the, like it almost became a little weird with Kyle Shanahan would give his own soul for one play of Kirk Cousins. Like, what is this? As if, as if this is the only, like, look, you know, my wife is the only lady for me, but like quarterbacks and coaches are not like that. All right. I mean, they just want the best guy. Okay. So no, I, I am not buying that at all. And I fully expect at number three overall, they will be announcing Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or Zach Wilson. Cause I still think that could happen too. I, you mentioned Klassen whose work I respect immensely. I don't think Klassen's that high on, on Mac Jones. I mean, I think, I think that late first round always felt like the appropriate spot for him. But inevitably, QB needy teams and getting needier all the time, right? Like we see like how the QB market's always sh like shifting even more rapidly now and more dramatically. Um, we're probably going to start seeing more and more like QB fives going in the top 10, 15 picks. Um, kind of reminiscent a little bit of the 2011 draft, to be honest, where the Vikings reached on Christian Ponder. And I think he was QB four, QB five. Um, that's dangerous. That That's dangerous for whoever gets... Uh, winds up with that. But I, I also think that sometimes we get so caught up in the mud of like, Oh, this pro day and this happened and this happened. And we forget that coming into this year, it was fields and Lawrence who are one and two uh, Lawrence one and, and fields two, And they might stick with that. And there's a decent chance that they stick with that. So the, the way that this is, this is going to play out is just, I think it's both great and horrible at the same time. Like the, the conjecture has been horrible as we started out with, with the Mac Jones and Kirk cousins comparisons, but the intrigue as we actually enter draft night is at an all time high. Let me ask you this before we kind of get off this subject is um, so now that we've talked about Mac Jones, Kirk cousins comparisons, if Mac Jones is there at 14, if he is the quarterback who drops, and I think there will be one who ends up outside the top 10, would you do it if you're the Vikings? No, not no. good. Not just not good enough prospect. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't, I don't think the Vikings are going to, um, 
make the same mistake they did in 2011, which is like taking maybe the fifth best quarterback in a draft class. I think, I think if you want your quarterback of the future, you've got to make a big move. Like you've got to go get them. I don't think you should let them fall to you and just sort of take them by happenstance. Um, no, I would, I would not take Mac Jones. No, I especially, think- especially if you want to entertain the cousins comparisons, because mm-hmm. then what you're going to just run back Kirk cousins point 2.0. Um, but again, we've established that that isn't entirely fair. Um, but I think the Vikings do the opposite. I think they go get a different type of quarterback with their next franchise guy. Yeah. There's a very, um, distinct possibility that they, uh, if you were betting on how this plays out, they draft someone in like the fourth round this year. And they're like, well, you know, maybe he'll be our developmental guy. Then it becomes quite clear that that player really isn't going to be a starter because that's the history of most fourth round draft picks. And they'll say, well, you know, once upon a time, Kirk was fourth round draft pick and nobody thought he'd be a good starter. Right. And then uh, next year, it'll all come to a head. You'll either have Kirk Cousins or you won't. You'll have an answer on that, whether he's going to be traded, whether he's sticking around and signing an extension. And then we'll be really talking about them potentially trading up to get a top quarterback. I would say, though, that there have been plenty of examples where it was not the first or second or even third quarterback who has become the best quarterback of a draft. Uh, Right now, Lamar Jackson, even though Josh Allen gaining on him, was the fifth quarterback. Maybe that's a little bit unique because they thought he was supposed to be a wide receiver. But even when you go back to, you know, Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo ended up being the better quarterbacks than the first rounders. So you do see it sometimes. And Kirk Cousins, even the fact that, you know, Andrew Luck was the best and then Russell Wilson, but Kirk Cousins also a hit. Uh, Colin Kaepernick and Andy Dalton were better than Jake Locker and Blaine Gabbert. So you, you never know. And that's why I would probably do it rather than trade down and take an offensive lineman because if the guy is a first round caliber prospect and he's being talked about that way i think i'm in now let me switch gears a little bit with you sam uh mock drafts mel kuyper released 4.0 very exciting times and he has christian yeah i know right he has christian derisaw to the vikings which now seems like everyone has christian derisaw to the vikings when i do a little sweep of the mocks uh, your thoughts if the Vikings were to stay at 14 and take Christian Derisaw? It's kind of popping up at the same time that Bradbury popped up in the 2019 draft season because it it, it started out um, like a lot of people were talking about who was the tackle that um, went to the Eagles, I think from Florida. Andre, um, was it Andre Dillard? Andre Dillard was the sexy name. And then yeah. everyone kind of shifted to Bradbury there like early April. And it was Bradbury, Bradbury, Bradbury. And it ended up being Bradbury. Um, I feel like the same thing's happening a little bit with Derisaw. But I I can't fault. I would, I'd probably rather have um, Derisaw than Vera Tucker. Probably Derisaw over Slater. Like I, I think he's just the pure left tackle that you want. And if you're not going to get Sewell, um, I think you want like a big body in Darisa, I I'm it makes a lot of sense to me. And with that left tackle spot still just like yawning wide open, just asking you to take someone there, it it makes all the sense in the world that you would take like a pure three-year left tackle from the ACC, who you know the, the Vikings love drafting from the ACC. That's probably their favorite conference in the Zimmer Spielman era. Um, they respect the level of competition. That's where they found. Bradbury, that's where they found O'Neal. 
So I think Darius uh, kind of fits everything the Vikings need and want in a prospect. I don't know. I mean, they got Bucky Hodges from the ACC and that worked out great. Um, Dynamite. (laughs) You you are certainly right that they do seem to have uh, a lot of those ACC draft picks. Would you rather have Christian Darisaw at 14 or Elijah Vera Tucker at 19 because Washington traded up with you to take Mac Jones? And you got a second round pick, I assume? Or another third, maybe. Mm, I I have a really really tough time. And I really have a really tough time figuring out like how these draft trades are actually going to work. Like people love the Jimmy Johnson chart, uh, our friend, Brad Spielberger and uh, Jason Fitzgerald from over the cap. They invented their own chart of like draft value based on history. And I think this year is going to be different with teams not wanting to give up their second round picks. So you wouldn't do it for a third. I think I would do it for a third. Do you, you really, you really like Vera Tucker or, I mean, you really like uh Darisaw, huh? No, I really like a second round pick. Oh. I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. No, I, I'm not going to. I do like Derisaw a lot. And, and I like him more than Vera Tucker. But I'm demanding a second round pick. There's like the more and more that I scout this draft. The more I see that you've got edge candidates that would fit your team really well. You've got receiver candidates that would fit your team really well. And if you don't have a second round pick, they're just not even in the discussion. You can't even like consider um drafting them and i think that that the vikings are going to regret that so i demand a second otherwise i just take the guy hey everyone we have a new special offer to tell you about with our friends at symbol if you go to symbol.app that's s-i-m-b-u-l-l dot a-p-p and sign up as a first-time user with a twenty dollar deposit into symbol using the promo code purple you will receive six months free of premium Purple Insider written content at purpleinsider.substack.com. So go to symbol.app, deposit $20 if you're a first-time user, six months free of our premium written content at Purple Insider. If you are not familiar yet with Symbol, it is a new sports marketplace where you can trade shares of professional teams like stocks. So as we are fully into draft season, you're going to want to get in now with your team before their stock rises. Here's how it works. You buy stock of teams, and when your teams win, you earn cash payouts that are instantly deposited. So check it out, symbol.app. Follow them on Twitter at Symbol Exchange and check out the marketplace for sports. Hey everyone, anybody who listens to the show knows that Sam and I may not be scratch golfers, but we love to have a great time playing golf. And that's why we have partnered with Birdie Golf in Woodbury. Birdie Golf is hands down the best indoor golf experience you will ever have. There are eight of the world's best golf simulators where you can sharpen your swing and luckily for us, never lose a ball. But it's not just for hardcore golfers. Birdie Golf is for everyone. Bring the family, play arcade style games while dining on great food in an upscale and comfortable environment. They have private bays for social distancing, a luxury lounge for private events, outdoor patio, and scratch kitchen. You'll want to try the whiskey or beer float flights and the best boneless wings in the metro. Make golf a night out or the place to hold parties, events, fundraisers, even your fantasy football draft. Check out Birdie Golf at 494 in Valley Creek in Woodbury, just a short drive from anywhere in the Twin Cities metro, and at birdiegolf.com, or you could call 651-998-2200 today. I'll see you there. 
Okay, fair enough. And and if there is a draft to just take whoever is the best guy uh, at 14, then just take the best guy at 14. The debate I think that will e- exist here as we get closer to 14 is offense or defense and where Mike Zimmer falls into this. This is the most common question that I get from people from Friday mailbag or from emails is, will Mike Zimmer actually let them draft an offensive lineman? And so recently the answer has been yes. And I don't know if Mike Zimmer has the say to, I don't know exactly how the dynamic works to pound his fist on the table and say, no way you draft who I tell you to draft. I don't know if that's the dynamic here because Mike Zimmer is not a scout. I mean, he's the coach and he would be making the 53 roster decisions, but I don't know if he's making the draft decisions. Uh, but in recent past, they've drafted quite a few players in the top several rounds. If you take top four rounds where guys can make an impact, I mean, you're talking Samia, Cleveland, Brian O'Neill, and Garrett Bradbury just in the last, what, three years? So, yes, I think that they would draft an offensive lineman high, but will Mike Zimmer push? for an immediate solution in terms of pass rush rather than getting someone who can help their offensive line, maybe long-term more than short-term. Well, I've been on the record, I think, as saying that you are okay on the defensive line right now. You're not stellar, but I think you're okay. You can get by. The offensive line, to me, feels like it's in shambles right now. Um, I think that you need the offensive lineman more than you do the defensive line. And that's and that's why, especially after bringing in six outside free agents on defense and zero on offense, like it would just be a slap in the face to Kirk Cousins if you didn't provide him with something, anything in, in the first round or free agency. Because to this point, they've got him Mason Cole. They've got him Chad Beebe coming back, Amir Abdullah coming back. Like what, what is this? I, I think that there needs to be some level of investment um, just to like prove that, okay, we're, we care about the offense too, because that's the knock on the Vikings right now is that they only care about fixing this defense instead of improving a good, not great offensive unit. So I, I like like the positional value of edge rusher more, but if this team wants to commit to the path that they've kind of started down, which is winning in 2021, kind of at all costs, then you need to take that offensive lineman even if and I don't see a huge discrepancy in the value there like I don't think the edge rushers are are um must take at that stage um I think the offensive line might even have like potentially greater futures I mean I, I look at someone like Aziz you know Ojalari or um could he pay like you know their size is kind of a little bit concerning and there's a there's a couple like red flags here and there Whereas with some of those linemen, they feel a little more like plug and play to me. So I, I think I, you have to go offensive line if you're asking me today. When I was talking with uh, Jeremiah Searles last night, he said that he thinks that the Jeff Gladney situation should play into this. That looking at what happened with Gladney and the incident with a woman that he knows, that could get him suspended for a year. That could get him suspended for longer that could get him in jail potentially if things come to fruition there um now it's always possible that it might not be a thing but even at very least some headline like this usually gets you suspended even if all charges are dropped and everybody moves on then 
still oftentimes this ends up resulting in a suspension. Do you agree with that, that the way the Vikings approach the first couple of rounds of the draft should factor in Jeff Gladney's situation? I think they already factored in Gladney's situation, whether they knew it or not, like by, by getting the extra depth with Mackenzie Alexander and the Gladney news came out the day that my son was born. So I'm a little fuzzy, but on the timeline here, but um, the alleged incident happened, I think a day before Alexander was signed. I could be wrong about that. So 75% take it with a grain of salt. So I'm wondering if the Vikings already knew number one, when they signed Alexander, if not, I still think that you can find a different way to address that other than the draft. Like if you, if you need an extra body and you already have your starters set, even without Jeff Gladney, um, I guess it does speak to, to like how they feel about Mike Hughes because Mike Hughes health is going to play into this in a big way. Um, the reports are that he's like, that he's going to be able to go. I don't think they pick up his um, fifth year option, but I think that he might be like an eligible player for them this year. So if that's the case, I think they'll be able to like make things work, but you can still supplement in free agency. Like there's still probably a million dollar corner you can bring in who can give you, you know, some, some part of what Gladney would have given you. Um, I, I think that corner needs to be filled in the middle rounds. And I think you would do that anyway. Like, I think you're always developing corners. And I think that there are probably candidates in the third, fourth, fifth round that you go after. And, and that's fine. I don't think they need to stretch it. If they didn't have Alexander, I'd probably be singing a different tune. But they also have Harrison Hand who might develop and they've got Chris Boyd who might take another step too. Like um, you can still kind of spin it that they have enough depth there to get by without gladdening in the mix. And it probably, I mean, for it, from a football standpoint, um, I don't think they have Gladney for the first half of the season and that's like that's best case scenario for the football operation could be longer like you said so they signed alexander march 27th and the incident happened april 2nd so they did okay, not thank you. know about it but it ended up uh, being maybe the reason that you do it is you're not sure about Jeff Gladney and where he was going to go anyway, because he struggled at times last year. And I still had in the back of my mind, the instance where he was coming off the field and Mike Zimmer tried to talk with him and he just walked right by. And of course they tried to downplay that, but I've never seen anyone do that to Mike Zimmer in a game situation before where they just stomp by him as he's trying to talk to them. And I thought, I'm kind of going to put that one in the back of my head and wonder if that relationship is going to, you know, repair after that, or if this is going to be a thing where Jeff Gladney and Mike Zimmer butt heads, he did at times with Alexander, obviously they've um, been able to mend that fence and he's coming back, but uh, you know, that's not a great sign when a rookie is trying to walk by the head coach, the football team, I would want to get insurance on that too. And I think even with this instance, same deal, now, um, the Vikings will have even sort of a decision to make themselves, no matter how this ends up playing out, about Jeff Gladney. Is this a guy, especially if it ends up coming to fruition that he uh, is, I don't know, convicted or whatever legal terms that I'm not great at using. Um, but let's say he doesn't end up in prison or something, but he is found guilty of doing this. I mean, if you're the Vikings, do you want to stick with him through this? 
because Mike Zimmer has been very unhappy about off field incidents with players. And it's been one of his things that I think he's very proud of is that they don't get players who have things like this happen. And uh, we knew J Ron curse wasn't coming back the minute he had his off field incident. Uh, how do you think the Vikings end up handling Jeff Gladney? Right. Um, so the, the first round pick aspect of it, unfortunately influences the situation. Um, we've seen that with a legend like Adrian Peterson, um, 2014, that there is a willingness, you know, in the organization to stand by a player when there is, you know, proof or allegation of like a, a violent crime or act. Um, I think that you, you do have to probably separate that a little bit from uh, a DUI or something like Colton Hill was a drug conviction. Like there, there probably is, I would think, some separation in the team's mind and how they handle that. Uh, maybe you can jog my memory. I can't remember a, a lot of like violent allegations of Vikings that have been on the roster, at least in like my time covering the team. Maybe you can like remind me. Um, so the Peterson example is sort of like the the best the best doppelganger for me as to like how the team might respond to something like this. Um, and the the allegations against Gladney are are horrific. Like if proven true, um, it, it's hard to imagine him you know avoiding any trouble at all. So I think the team probably this is not because of the first round pick status. This is probably the type of thing where the team lets the legal process play out. If this is a a futures uh, deal guy or like a UDFA, I think they're probably cut yesterday because it's Jeff Gladney. I think that there's going to be a level of patience with the league's independent investigation, the legal proceedings. Um, you know, is there going to be like a, a, a guilty plea? Are they going to go to trial? Um, because jail time is on the table, you know, from my understanding with this type of thing, it, it, it could end up just becoming like a plead guilty, get the charge down, um, but I'm not a lawyer, so I don't want to speak too much to that. So all that said, I don't think I think Jeff Gladney is still like in the organization's sphere cut when the season starts. But I don't think he's like wearing a helmet. I think it's probably commissioner's exempt list. It's suspension list. I have a hard time seeing him like on the field um, at any point in in June or August or, you know, probably even September. And there's a common question, why didn't the Vikings just cut him as soon as this happened? And the reason would be that if you let it play out and he does plead guilty or he is convicted of this, uh, then you can go into his contract and say you violated your contract because in mm -hmm. every contract it's written in there, whatever it is, a conduct de detrimental to the team, I think is probably the um, exact language and teams have this ability to go after the guy's money and to be able to cut him and not pay him, you would still, I think maybe have to take the cap hit if you were to cut him, but not have to pay him the actual money. Uh, if, if they were uh, to do this, I know that when a player is suspended, you actually get the cap space, but his cap space is not significant. I think it's I, just the signing know. bonus you're on the hook for, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yeah. I think that's yeah. all they would have to pay. I think that's right. So th that would end up ultimately being a big battle, I'm sure, between the NFLPA and the Vikings. Like these things get pretty messy as we go forward. And 
I think more likely scenario with Jeff Gladney is that they play it patiently because he is a first round draft pick and see what happens. And if he's suspended, he's suspended. And then you're kind of on your last chance type of thing. If anything else happens. So circling all the way back to my question, I don't know if it will matter to them to take a corner in the first round in the third round with some of their top draft picks. If they do trade into the second, I also would say that if they do, that's fine. If they take Asante Samuel Jr. or uh, Patrick Sertain or any other player's kid who played in the 90s, who is making <laughs> me feel incredibly old, uh, the other one, J.C. Horn, all these player kids, uh, if they were to take one of those guys and that was part of the reasoning was like, look, we just don't see Jeff Gladney as part of this organization anymore and that's sunk cost and we're going to move on and J.C. Horn is our guy now. I'm fine with that. Like, I would not criticize that if they decided to go that direction. No. And, and, you know, we've, I've kind of laid out the argument for why they might have good depth this year, but 2022 Alexander's on a one-year deal. Peterson's on a one-year deal. Both of them would probably jump at the chance to sign a multi-year deal elsewhere. Mike Hughes is also in a contract year. Probably the stable could be extremely barren. Like it could be Cam Dantzler and that's it next year. So there, you can always kind of talk yourself into it, right? There's a couple ways to look at it. So uh, the Vikings then going into 2022 would have to hope that the cap, you know, opens wide up and they can kind of go and address that in free agency again, if they don't have any backup plan. But um, the, the future does get a little muddier when your first round pick who you have signed, you know, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Potentially through 2024 might be out of the picture. I mean, that that's like a long-term, you know, damaging development to your roster. Folks, the football offseason is off and rolling, and Soda Stick has you covered with Minnesota sports-themed gear. Some of my favorite football designs that you have to check out include the Chuck Foreman Spin Doctor gear. You can commemorate Randy Moss's disgusting act on a shirt or a hoodie. And if you're old school, check out the Purple People Eaters design as well. Go to SodaStick.com and check them all out. If you use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER, you can get free shipping on all your Minnesota sports-inspired gear. All of their apparel is screen printed here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies. You will love it. Plus, keep your eyes and ears out for our giveaways going on on this show as well on social media. Follow them at Soda Stick Co. on Twitter and at SodaStick.com for your original Minnesota sports inspired goods. Code Purple Insider for free shipping. Yes, it is. And you can see, even if you go back in recent years, how much missing on first round picks has harmed the Vikings. I mean, Garrett Bradbury so far has not been a hit for where you drafted him. That's hurt their offensive line significantly. If he turned into Alex Mack instantly and was a pro bowler and a star like you expect from the 18th overall pick, we would have been talking about, I think, a much better offensive line performance last year, even with 
mediocre guard play. And I mean, trading away the first round pick for Sam Bradford, that is just a guy who does not exist. Mike Hughes being injured all the time has forced them to do things like sign Patrick Peterson, bring back Mackenzie Alexander, draft Cam Dantzler, draft Jeff Gladney. Like I think if Mike Hughes had turned out to be a great corner, then you're at least not doing one of those things and maybe multiples of those things because you're so confident, even though they've hit on second round picks missing on the first has been a problem. Uh, I got a game for you before we wrap up, Fun. which is, uh, so did you ever, let's see, they used to do this. It was like a really old show. And then it was parodied by like PBS shows. And I can't remember which one it was like Sesame street or something. Like this is your life. You ever, you ever heard of this? This is your life. This is your life. No, never heard of it. Okay. That doesn't I'm matter. I'm confused at how this relates to Sesame street at all, but okay. Okay. Well, uh, I think Sesame Street did a parody of it, but some of us grew up without cable. So I ended up watching that as opposed to like Rugrats or other things that people grew up with. Anyhow, so they would, um, you know, take a person and they would tell them like you would hear a voice that would say, I met you back in 1953 and we did this together. And then the guest would be like, oh, that must be my friend, whoever. I think this is how the game worked. People older than me have to explain it, but it popped in my head. For the, I want to go through a few teams in the draft. This will be your life, okay? I'm going to give you Mel Kuyper's pick for these NFC teams, and I want you to tell me what their life will be if they pick blank, okay? okay. Sorry that took so long to get to, but uh, <laughs> this is the game. Mac Jones goes number three to the San Francisco 49ers in this mock draft for Mel Kuyper. What will be your life? Your life, your life. If yeah. they pick Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah. Um, now you get it, right? Now you get where I'm going with this. I, I understand the concept. I'm, I'm still not sure I understand how it worked on the original show, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not 100% sure either, but I just wanted to take the general concept. But this is not like the show. We, so, we could have just gone sorry. back to what now, Sam? That could that would have worked too. Yes. Yeah, that would have been. Okay, I, don't wanna, so they, I like the creative attempt, so I don't want to rip you too hard on that. This will be your life with Mac Jones. This is like It's a Wonderful Life where I see like what life would be like in, in this situation. Um, okay, yes, good. And you are the, uh, the angel Clarence who comes down. Anyway, so I think Mac Jones goes to San Francisco and probably delivers like at a level that people people will end up comparing him to Jimmy G I think because that's the you know the immediate predecessor and they might say well all right this is this is fine but you know again we're kind of just running this through like our our running back stable and George Kittle like we're not that explosive Mac Jones isn't really that that special of like a playmaker uh this is this is fine I think we would have liked more for a number three overall pick but um, yeah, yeah, we're um, but we still live in San Francisco, which is a really cool city. So we're just <laughs> going to cheer for the Warriors instead. Santa Clara, though, not as cool as we discovered when we covered Vikings 49ers. No, there's right. one IHOP and I went to it. Uh, all right. OK, fair enough with this is your life. I think with Mac Jones uh, there, they will each season try to stack up around him after he sits for a year with Jimmy Garoppolo. So they'll go into next off season, create Garoppolo's cap space, stack up around him, and then they'll still just be okay. And they'll go 
you know, 11 and six and be all right. And it'll probably be like, oh, okay, well, this sort of worked out for them. And then we'll debate like how much it worked out for them would be, this is your life. My opinion on Mac Jones, this is your life. If you are the Atlanta Falcons, where you trade back and take Trey Lance to be your future quarterback. This is your life Falcons. I'm, (laughs) <laughs> I'm fond of that. I you're trading back. You're getting uh you're getting more draft capital to put pieces around Trey Lance, and you've already got some pretty good pieces. You've got Calvin Ridley, um, who's a a, a deep threat guy, which I think kind of suits Trey Lance's uh skill set. You've got Julio Jones, obviously, and you've got some young linemen that you you know picked relatively recently. I I like that for Atlanta. I think they I would love to kind of be on the um, the Falcons insider shows just to like hear what they're talking about with their longtime quarterback to see how they feel. Um, because I, I feel like they're kind of in the same situation as the Lions were with Stafford. Like, do you do you need more? Do you need more from this guy that kind of got you to one Super Bowl and otherwise hasn't really taken you to special heights? When you're making the case that the Vikings should look at the quarterbacks, then you would definitely say the Falcons should be drafting a quarterback here because they will actually have that opportunity to do so. If they could trade back and still do that, then I think they've hit the lottery in this draft. And as much as Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddle or another playmaker might help Matt Ryan, I remember the Buffalo Bills trading up I think trading another draft pick from the following season maybe a first rounder to get Sammy Watkins because they were convinced that he was going to help their quarterback at the time that quarterback was EJ Manuel now I know that Matt Ryan is still decent but we've seen Matt Ryan a couple of times the last few years like yeah he's he looked good against the Vikings defense last year the year before he didn't look that great that's kind of been who he he is now where some nights Matt Ryan you know, kind of reaches back into 2016 and looks great. And then other nights, he looks like you can't possibly win with him. Like that's who he's going to be. So you should have an option for after this year. And Trey Lance is the perfect guy to sit. You can draft another wide receiver or sign another wide receiver next year. But right now, um, you've got a good chance that you probably won't have because the NFC South is not going to be as good next year. How many times do you get a chance to draft fourth overall and get one of the top quarterbacks? Uh, Next one, Detroit Lions take Jamar Chase in this Mel Kuyper mock. What is your life, Detroit Lions? Ah. Well, the Lions lost all their receivers and didn't replace them with anything special in in my mind. So give Jared Goff a chance, right? I mean, he, he is set up. I feel bad for him, honestly. Like he's set up to fail in Detroit. Um, I guess when the expectations are low, maybe that's a good for him because with with the Rams, he was supposed to win Super Bowls, and now with Detroit, it's like, well, can you win five? Can you win six this year? Do you want to win five or six? Would you rather just go zero and seventeen? That that feels like what Detroit is kind of angling for. So Jamar Chase is the building block piece that you know. And Jared Goff probably wouldn't won't get to appreciate him forever. It'll probably be like one or two years where Goff is like, ah, this guy is so good. And then they'll bring in um, the quarterback of the future to to throw to him for the bulk of his career. 
right? He's probably a long-term type of thing where you hope he turns out to be your Julio Jones and he's with your franchise for a really long time and is peaking in his career when your roster is finally back to being normal. Now we have seen in the past that if you do this right, it doesn't have to mean that your team is bad for seven years in a rebuild. The Miami Dolphins bounce back in two years. And if Detroit is trying to take that route, then Jamar Chase will be coming into his prime as they're rebuilding and maybe drafting a quarterback. I don't know if quarterback is the right way to go for them right now because their roster is just horrible. Like, wait till you've got a better roster to draft a quarterback, especially if you're not 100% sure on the guy. And I really think that next year they'll be drafting very high as well. Uh, last one. In this case, Dallas trades out of 10 with New England for Justin Fields to go to the New England Patriots in Mel Kuyper's mock, what is Justin Fields' life? So he's in New England? He's in New England, and Dallas okay. is traded out of the pick, making all Vikings fans very jealous. Um, It's hard not to like any fit with Bill Belichick and all that they've kind of put on that roster now in free agency. The the Patriots have it all right now, except for like a long-term quarterback answer. So I I would tend to think that that's kind of the final chess move that Bill Belichick wants to make, whether it's that move or something else. And I think that would be pretty tremendous for, for Justin Fields. Like when you can, when you're a quarterback of that caliber and then a good team makes a move to get you, you know, instead of you having to like go through the rebuild with this fledgling organization, like Mahomes, for instance, like when a, a good team went and got him, how great is that for his career arc? Um, and that I think would be the same situation with Justin Fields. For a franchise that has gotten lucky in so many ways, a sixth round pick becomes a great quarterback and they get down 28 to three in a Super Bowl and still find a way to win. Seattle doesn't run Marshawn, all sorts of different things. They really didn't pay any sort of huge penalty for videotaping other teams, uh, lot, lots of stuff or deflating footballs and such. Uh, this would be another insanely lucky break for New England to take one step back at seven and nine last year and then fall right into a really good quarterback prospect as they were rebuilding their roster through free agency and with guys coming back. So that would probably drive everyone nuts, but would not be a shocking outcome. All right. Well, Sam, you have uh, a child to tend to. So thank you for your time and thank you for playing. This will be your life. You want to try it? It's fun. Do it. This is your life. Okay, let's just leave that to leave that to me for the future. Yeah. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about our friends at Scout Logistics, and I really do mean it when I say friends. They are fans of Purple Insider over at Scout Logistics, and since they reached out wanting to support this show, I want to tell you about what they do. Scout Logistics is just-in-time transportation for full tractor-trailer loads, and if you're wondering what that means exactly, well, if you own or work for a company that needs shipping solutions, they are the preferred carrier of Fortune 500 companies across North America, and we have quite a few of those in Minnesota, right? They can ship perishable, non-perishable, FTL or LTL, and they have on-time delivery rate of over 99%. So if you're like them and you enjoy the show and you have shipping needs, check out scoutlogistics.com or call 855 855- 
217-2688 extension 232 to connect with them directly to find out how Scout Logistics can minimize risk and overperform and go the extra mile for your company. All right, before we wrap up the show for today, I want to bring you our Symbol Market Report. And just a reminder, if you sign up at Symbol.app and you put in at least $20, use the code PURPLE, you get six months free of our written work. Now, normally a year would cost you $56. So do the math there. Very good deal just for signing up with Symbol. And I've had some questions about how Symbol works. And I just wanted to clarify that it's not like the real stock market. Like you're not buying GameStop here. It's much more fantasy football with teams where you get in at prices and then prices rise and fall, and then you get paid when your team wins. So just wanted to clear all of that up. Now, Sam, the teams that are on the rise in the symbol market are the Denver Broncos and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Are you buying the Sim Broncos would be my question, even though we're not sure about their quarterback situation. Yeah, that's a tougher one for me. You know, they've got this the the new leadership from the Minnesota Vikings, George Payton running the show over there, but I can't buy into a team that doesn't have a clear quarterback situation. I know that Drew Locke had the sophomore slump, and sometimes a lot of quarterbacks can come out of that and be really good in year three. Look at Josh Allen. Uh, I like the receiving core, you know, Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy. I like the weapons they have. Noah Fant, that's a great stable of pass catcher, catchers. And they've got my favorite uh, slasher, Mike Boone, who's going to go in and be an in impact running back in Denver. So offensively, I love Denver, except for the quarterback situation. A little easier for me to get on board with the Sim Bucks, who you also mentioned there. Yeah, very clear that the Mike Boone signing is what's taken the Sim Broncos to the next level. I agree with you. I'm not buying Drew Locke. And the fact that Denver has been seemingly in on every quarterback discussion, even making an offer for Matt Stafford, tells me how they feel about Drew Locke. Now, the Sim Bucks, though, uh, are you thinking that they're just going to keep that train on the tracks and, and rolling toward the Super Bowl next year? Or are, I mean, when we look back at how many teams go to the Super Bowl and then what they do the next season, Kansas City was able to get back. But most of the time, there is a drop off there. Is just Tom Brady immune to that? I look at that division and I don't see how they don't win. Like the Saints are probably taking a step back. The Falcons, who knows who their quarterback's going to be? Probably Matt Ryan for another year, but I, they're not really a, a huge threat, I don't think. And then the Panthers are probably kind of rebuilding as well. So I think the Bucks are clear favorites to win the NFC South, could easily get a bye in the playoffs if things go well for them. Um, and they've got all 22 starters back. They just added Giovanni Bernard as well for another little uh, extra punch in the running back room. So I, I don't know how the Bucks don't come out and perform, barring some pretty serious injuries. I think that that system that Tom Brady's trying to kind of bring to Tampa, like all the things he wants to do, they're now finally starting to do them really, really well, as we saw in the Super Bowl win and the playoffs. So I think it keeps going for Tom Brady in Tampa. I don't know. Will he ever slow down, caller? <laughs> no, it'll be 2030 and the Sim Bucks will still be at a very high price. So clearly we talked about the Lions and how they're not in a good spot. I can see why they're down. The Sim Bengals being down, though, is interesting to me, Sam, because I would think that with a high draft pick where they can get Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts with a team that has drafted a top quarterback recently, usually those are teams on the rise, but uh, at least recently, people not being as high on the Bengals. 
Yeah, and that Joe Burrow knee is is going to be pretty important to follow because I believe he suffered that injury in November, December. So if you assume a nine-month timeline, okay, he's probably going to play. Um, is he going to be steady on it, though? Or is it going to be a little longer? Is it going to take him into the season? And then he loses kind of on out on that training camp and all, all of the reps that he needs to get into game shape. So I'd be a little nervous about the Cincinnati Bengals, but I like Joe Burrow. And I think if Burrow is the quarterback week one, then you're getting a bargain if you buy in on the Sim Bengals. Sim Bull, S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot app. It is like a marketplace only for all sports teams. There is uh, a lot of other sports as well. So if you're a baseball fan, you want to jump in on that as well. And uh, make sure you check them out. They're our sponsors. They support us. So support them. And we will catch you next time.